and welcome to the Postmodern Art Podcast, a podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wanting the world over the platform they deserve. I'm your host, Nathan Raglan, and if you're listening to this on the day of release, happy Indie Animation Day. Indie Animation gets another chance to showcase how it can transcend time and space to provide fantastic stories, something that today's guest is aiming to do. Today's guest is Peyton Partyhorn, an animator and webcomic sea slug artist whose interdimensional skills shine brightly in his work. Peyton was someone that both I've had the pleasure of getting to witness some of the incredible concepts that he is throwing out there, as well as someone that was recommended to me by at least one or two incredible people within the community. So obviously it was only a matter of time before I got a chance to sit down and chat with him and getting to really pick at his brain for these incredible concepts that he has either been working on or is about to work on. Well, I think it leads to a fantastic conversation that you guys are absolutely going to enjoy. If you enjoy our guest today, please make sure you support Peyton with the links down in the description below, especially for the uh, keeping an eye on the Molly's Future Mishaps Kickstarter that he's building towards. We'll definitely talk a little more about that in the uh, in the podcast itself. If you do enjoy the podcast itself, make sure you like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Leave five stars wherever you can. You know I see that stuff and you know it genuinely does help us out. If you want to go a little further with that support, maybe you should consider checking out the merch shop, which has brand new items such as incredibly fashionable shoes, ones that you definitely need to be repping today. But now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. Hello. There you are. (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm doing good. That's good to hear. That's awesome to hear. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. This is, I feel like this is going to be an incredible conversation. Yeah. <laughs> was it kind of a surprise whenever I asked you? or? <laughs> it was kind of. I mean, I, like, I know you've uh, done these like podcasts with a few of my friends before. Yep. Like uh, Cinemuff was one of them. I'll say Cinemuff and, uh, and uh, Roya or Roshan, however you want to address them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. They were on, like, so I had noticed you beforehand because you, you know, I, I saw you, like, showing support for the podcast, like, you know, following and liking certain things or whatnot. But, like, I was talking with Roya recently and they had brought you up being like, hey, you know, they, they said they're interested in being on the podcast. And I was just like, oh, that's perfect because I was already thinking about having them on the podcast at some point. <laughs> oh, nice. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's real cool to be here, then. Oh, I'm, it, it is an honor and a pleasure to have you here as well. Wait, are we recording yet? Uh, that was another thing I was going to say. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I, it's, like, it's like this part is usually the part that I like edit out anyway. It's just to more or less sync up and make sure if anything happens, I have like my own audio you know, recording alongside of it. But is it okay if I can include like, parts of this like the way to like, ease into the podcast? Or would you prefer just start whenever I ask the icebreaker question? Oh, it's fine either way. Hold on, just uh, there we go. Oh, there you go. I did my icon real quick. Yeah, <laughs> to the one go. I always have on online. <laughs> <laughs> that, that my other icon was uh, drawing a friend in. <laughs> okay, I got you. And nothing else. Hey, it's nice to keep up with the 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 branding across channels, right? <laughs> yeah, a little blueberry cat. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Which is how? Okay, how did that that icon come to be? I'm just curious. <laughs> well, actually, it's it's a photo of a uh, an old cat used to have named Wabe. It's like really mm-hmm. like 
really hyper little black kitten we used to have. And uh, my brother uh, paid someone to Photoshop the cat's faces onto uh, like various things. The little blueberry one was always my favorite. And I, I put it as my icon one day because I didn't know what else to set as my icon for social media. And it just like stuck ever since. <laughs> I think I've had that for like the past, like, I don't know, seven or so years. I don't know, a long time. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, whatever works, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Peyton, before we really get going, I must ask the icebreaker question of the podcast, if I may. Let's say you get to go to a desert island on your own accord. It's just you, alone with your thoughts. You get to kick back, relax, breathe. You get to truly enjoy yourself for a little bit. With accommodations, you're not stranded. This is like your own personal paradise, you know, b away from society for a little bit. To help make sure you don't go completely insane on this island, you can bring one piece of media or one piece of art with you to help with whatever kind of headspace you want on this island. If given this opportunity, what would that one piece be? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Like piece of media, you mean like like TV show or something? Show, movie, video game, whatever you consider art and media, that's all within the realm. Uh, probably Breaking Bad, because first of all, it's extremely long. So if I rewatch yeah. it, it won't make me go insane. <laughs> Secondly, it's, it's to analyze <laughs> it really is especially with how many like how many video essays or how many just essays alone's out there just analyze like some of the small details and like the dynamics and everything of that show like goodness oh yeah those have been really keeping me afloat when i'm drawing because i like to listen to those kind of podcasts people talking your ears type of stuff when i'm drawing <laughs> <laughs> well it's a good thing you like to talk you listen to podcasts about ears you know your ears being talked off because hey this could be probably a future one that you put in the background <laughs> 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 if I can stand up to my own voice, that is. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I, I, I do want to at least go back to Breaking Bad just for a quick second. What was it about like that show in particular is the one that you that you would gravitate towards? Because obviously there's plenty of shows out there that have like thousands of episodes and somewhat. So like, why is Breaking Bad the one you gravitate to? I'm not sure. I think it's the only like live action show I really enjoyed watching. I have like a really hard time when it comes to live action media because it's like. I can barely tell any actors apart anymore. Yeah, fair uh, have some kind of like face blindness or something. It, it takes me like ages to realize what's going on. And I lose track so easy. But I don't know. Some of that show, the way it was laid out, like the specific actors they picked and just like the writing for it's like so fascinating. It's one of those shows I would love to rewatch, but I just literally don't have the time for it. <laughs> so if I was on a deserted island, it would be a perfect chance. That would be a perfect chance more than anything else. I mean, and like I said, especially with like the different dynamics and the drama of that show, like there's a reason why people love it more than anything else. Um, oh but- yeah, it's so good. It'd be, it'd be interesting to rewatch it after like already having watched it once now, because the first time I watched it was completely blind. I didn't know what was mm-hmm. happening. And then when you watch it the second time, when you know what is going to happen, it's like a completely different experience right right yeah now i can only imagine but regardless breaking bad that is your answer you're locking that in yes then if that's the case i cannot think of a better way to start the postmodern art podcast welcome everyone i am your host nathan ragland uh Feel free to like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. You should check out the incredible merch shop. We have some incredible things in there, and you would look fantastic in it today, such as this beautiful little retro piece right here, as done by Roya Shahidi. And follow us on tw- on Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky at Postmod Art Pod and TikTok as well for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. <clears throat> He is an animator and webcomic sea slug artist whose interdimensional skills shine brightly in his work. Welcome to the podcast, Peyton Partyhorn! Hooray. 
I love the enthusiasm, Peyton. <laughs> no, seriously, how you doing today, Peyton? I'm doing good. Well, good. Uh, just busy. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Honestly, seeing all the stuff that you kind of have a hand in that we're definitely going to be talking about today, whether it be your web comic, all the different indie animation stuff you have your hand in, including your own indie animation project, which we will definitely all touch upon all that and then some. <laughs> I can see why you're just a little busy. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to get my foot in the door really like just trying all sorts of things <laughs> i mean i think you have a good foot and then some but like i said we'll definitely discuss that in a bit especially with all the different stuff especially on a wonderful day like today because this episode is premiering on the next indie animation day on february 16th uh so mark your calendars although if you're listening to this on the day of the, the calendar day. Anyways, uh, but regardless, before we really discuss the stuff that you do have a hand in these days, I want to go back just a little bit and learn more or less the origin story of Peyton. What got you interested in art and animation in the first place? I mean, with art itself, like, I've, I've been drawing, like, ever since I was a child, and I was, like, you know, the art kid, so I kind of, like, Looked at it and made that my main personality trait. Like I'm the kid who draws, so that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. It, I get that. <laughs> when it comes to animation, though, I don't think I really got truly interested until like I was uh, a teenager because uh, I was interested in like a lot of Cartoon Network shows, and several of them had those behind the scenes uh, tumblers and stuff where they, right. like, specifically Steven Universe, had that whole thing where they show like the storyboards in the background and like stuff the crew did as the show was airing, and it was like. Real fun to see that, and that's what got me really inspired because I didn't even realize like storyboard artist was a thing. I thought when you go into animation, you're, you're the guy drawing every single frame one by one. That sounds crazy. I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> the storyboard artist seemed much more like interesting. Like, oh, hey, you're just doing like the rough sketches. Wow, I didn't know that. Okay. Which is kind of funny because now I'm like the opposite. I actually love doing the in betweening, but I kind of hate doing like the rough sketches of anything. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, things always look glamorous on paper until you actually have to take the paper and make the glamour look at yourself, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, especially with the show like Steven Universe, and especially the behind the scenes stuff that they were like letting out more than anything else. That is a good like foundation more than anything else, considering all the different artists that had a hand in it, all the different like beautiful visuals that that show's had or whatnot. Like, was there mm-hmm. was that like the main show? Or was there any other shows that kind of like piqued your interest when it came to getting into animation? Uh, I think that was the main thing. You know, it's actually something else I, I attribute to my interest in animation. Is like whenever uh, I was little, me and my brother were the kind of people who would like take a show and go through it frame by frame to try to find like the really funny smear frames to laugh about. Yes. <laughs> but as I was doing that, it kind of like embedded like the the basics of animation in my head. <laughs> so it's very interesting to actually learn about it that way. <laughs> If nothing else, it does not make sense why you're a big fan of the in-betweens, because if you love the smear frames, like, that's that's just par for the course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so when did it go from this, obviously, like, general love and appreciation for stuff like storyboards and such, to a passion and truly wanting to make it your career? Um... Uh... I'm not sure. I guess it would be just sometime in high school because whenever I was in like middle school and stuff, I wanted to be like a programmer because I was super into video games. I wanted to be the video game person. But then it just kind of shifted over to art stuff. And I'm actually not really sure why I picked animation because I didn't even really get too serious about it until like my like second year of college. Really? (laughs) Okay. Because I went in there with the major, but my first year is more like 
it, well, the first year, the way it was set up anyway was more of experimentation anyway, because they kind of forced everyone to take uh, classes of uh, both 2D stop motion and 3D. Okay. Uh, just kind of get like a taste of like what you would be interested in, even if you already had some like set in mind from the start. Uh, you still have to take various classes anyway. Uh, and I, I still on 2D animation though, but I, I really only got like uh, started taking like real seriously around like my second year. Uh, not really sure why. I think my first year I was just kind of goofing off and just <laughs> doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we all got break our way in one way or another i mean like especially with how college is usually set up i mean the freshman year is usually just like general classes just kind of like getting an idea of like how the college experience is going to be before you go off and really like pursue this the 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 program that you're trying to get like the degree you really want so yeah <laughs> i mean like honestly like it, it's it both surprises me and not surprise me that you're saying that it took you to your sophomore year to really realize that you wanted to be really like a part of animation more than anything, or at least be serious about animation. I mean, to be fair, you're, uh, you know, I went to school for like mass media and such. I didn't realize I wanted to like do stuff with films until I actually got to college, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I chose animation, like in college as my major, uh, like my senior or high school or something, just because like it was an art based thing that looked neat and i knew like i liked the basics of the industry with like all the behind the scenes stuff i've read about mm -hmm. uh but i didn't really feel like passionate about it or stuff i didn't really like take it like too seriously until like that that second year because the first year is more just uh uh you know like you said like general classes and just getting situated in that <laughs> okay Cause, like i grew up in uh i grew up in arkansas and there's literally no animation yep. classes in there whatsoever yep. I was gonna say, look, oh. I, I I live in Georgia, so trust me, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I had to move all the way to New York uh, to go to college. Oh wow! And getting, getting situated there was a uh, it was a hassle, but I really liked it up there. <laughs> I, I imagine it had to be like at least a bit of a culture shock right off the bat, just like going from like little, <laughs> little Arkansas all the way to New York. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny because the town I was in, uh, in New York. Had the same population as Arkansas's capital, oh. and I was nowhere near that. So it was like a come from like a real small town in comparison. <laughs> Certainly isn't a little rock anymore, am I right? But um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can only imagine. So I, I I'm now curious because you said it took like your sophomore year. Was there like a particular moment or like a particular class that kind of like it clicked in your head and you're just like, oh, oh, this is exactly what I want to do. I, I think it was whenever I started like. Uh, doing animations of my own characters and post them online because okay. i because i didn't really animate my characters too much before that uh, i i had a few like comics i tried to do a little four panel stuff but i didn't like take like the whole story stuff too seriously because I was, I was really bad at like setting a game plan how to like go through with those uh but then when i started like animating uh and posting online specifically with my character molly that ended up being um main character in my web comic mm -hmm. uh doing animations of them before that and uh I think that's what really got me as far as like, hey, wait, if I keep trying this, maybe one day I could like make like a cartoon or something with my own characters. You know, that'd be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and now here you are now really getting set up to, to doing your own animated comic, <laughs> animated series based on your own characters and such. Man, doesn't things come full circle very neatly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So I, I'm glad you did mention Molly though for a second because that's that was something that I wanted to key in on real quickly. Like I think a lot of people, if they when they do know you, some of them will know you not even for the animation you've done yet, but actually for the webcomic that you've done, which is Molly's Future Mishaps. Now, yeah. when, when did when did this comic, when did this webcomic come to fruition? Like, what made you want to sit down and be like, I want to tell this story? Uh, cause I first came up with Molly actually like one of my very first days of college. Uh, it was a it's like a little doodle I did in class. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a little Cecil character, and I and, and then I decided to try to make them into a comic, and it didn't really work out in that way. But I did uh, get a good like few hundred pages sketched out of some oh, concept that I thought was interesting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, each page only took like thirty minutes to make because it was very very loose, and I didn't have like the confidence in my abilities with it so i didn't put much effort into it i mean still <laughs> doing like a, a, still doing 100 pages of something is something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the around 2020 i think uh i wanted to like turn that into like some kind of short film because mm-hmm. uh you know that's when i got serious in animation like hey wait i can make something uh so i tried to rework the story into something that could be like easily explainable with like no words i I didn't i didn't have money for voice actors or anything so it was gonna be like a silent film almost uh kind of rework it into something that didn't need like any words to explain something you could like really understand just by like looking at it you know Uh, and and that's a good challenge in itself honestly trying to make a story that like whenever you're really stuck in a story i think it's best to like Try to think of it as a like a silent film, mm-hmm. like without any dialogue. How do you show this thing as like simply as possible that the audience can understand? And that's what got me through a lot of uh, like big plot holes and stuff when I'm thinking of stories. <laughs> but that, that whole project didn't really pan out either. Uh, I ended up just not liking it. And then after I, I did a comic again, and that, that's where I am now. <laughs> I mean, that's honestly that's fair and that's very valid. I love the assessment about the silent film thing because, like, that's honestly like a brilliant way going into something like that. Because it's kind of yeah. hard to re- it's kind of hard to really tell a story if like all the languages are not really speaking clearly, and especially when it comes to silent films, they're really good with their like facial and body expressions telling the story. So having yeah, that kind exactly. of menta- ha- having that kind of mentality going into it, that's really genius more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know part of it was a uh, a budget thing, but still, like the fact that we worked in that sort of sense really, really worked out for you in a way. <laughs> yeah, I think it really did work out because I mean, I could like talk about the story and like the production for like all day long, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> I can try to focus on just that, but I, I, I mean, this is a podcast. We can make it as long as you want it to be, but <laughs> but at the very least, it you know you you mentioned a uh, something in your little description of you know. Uh, Molly and such, and it leads to quite possibly the most important question I have to ask in this podcast. No matter everything else I ask, this is the most important question. What is your obsession with sea slugs? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. Like, it, it was an animal. I just started like uh, looking at more. When actually, when I first made Molly, I didn't really care much for sea slugs. Okay. I just thought like, oh, that's a basis for a character. Okay. And uh, but then I started doing research on them after the fact, and I just I just love them. They're so colorful. They're so cute. They're so fascinating. And like, I don't know. I mean, everyone just kind of has their favorite animal. Just end up being sea slugs for mine. <laughs> I mean that that is true. I mean, but like, I was just amazed that like sea slug is the one that you like like connected to. But also, like you said, if you actually take the time to look at sea slugs, there are so many like beautiful varieties, and they're such interesting creatures. So I mean, I get it. I was just curious why yeah. that was the one you latched onto. <laughs> <laughs> they're so i mean they're they're so underrated like they're one of those like weird obscure animals that people like know of and, like maybe they know of like the sea bunny 
or like the leaf sheep one because those are like two cute ones that everyone knows of but like I don't know, the really like wacky looking ones, the one with like the crazy patterns and that color is like they're still really cool. Yeah. No, they are really cool. I think it's just when people hear the word slug that instantly turns them away from it because of what they associate with slug. Uh, don't be a coward. <laughs> We're telling that quote that people for the internet. Don't be a coward, Peyton Party Whore 2024. <laughs> so for those that may be curious why exactly we're rambling on about when it comes to this webcomic, how would you describe Molly's future mishaps for those who may not know? Uh, very interesting. Uh, it's, a... <laughs> it's a good start. <laughs> well, the, the webcomic about sea slugs and time travel, and that, that's already assented in itself, you know? It's, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's about uh, 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 Molly, who is a Chromodorus quadricolor sea slug, uh, who lives in it's like a futuristic uh, scenario after like the earth explodes well the earth explodes and like humans like to try to like save any kind of life end up like sending a bunch of sea slugs to Jupiter's moon Euro Europa mm. and that's where this all takes place in and after like uh, years of evolution they kind of become more like human like and stuff and Molly is one of those okay. and then uh, it's them and uh, a sea bunny named Joe, who's like huge workaholic guy, who uh, w wanted to be a time traveler, but ended up like stealing one of the little time travel devices from the future, and it basically becoming became the catalyst of the, the whole story. Mm -hmm. And then a third character gets introduced later on, named Leaf, who's like a plant scientist who ends up becoming very fascinated with the Earth and humans, and uh, goes into researching that. And it's the, th the three of those working at a job at the very end of time itself <laughs> and it's it, it kind of a convoluted plot but <laughs> i mean convoluted but there certainly doesn't lack any sort of intrigue more than anything else i mean you're talking about like talking about the future what exactly it entails how humans are gone and these new beasts have like formed and such working at a place at the end of time if there was that if that was even a possibility like it's so interesting like this little concept and like it makes me just curious, wanting to like just go into your brain and be like, "How did you come up with this?" <laughs> <laughs> it honestly took uh, a long time to really solid, uh, solidify the plot because when I first started out, I was expecting to just make it like a sort of episodic type thing. But then when I realized the the, the chapter one line division ended up being like 120 pages, I was like, okay, this is not going to be a small project. Then. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, cer it certainly has not been a small project so far. <laughs> I think the beginning of it is uh, uh, pretty rough because I didn't really know what I was doing. And I was still, like, inexperienced when it com comes to comics. Uh, but honestly, like, just working on it all these years has, like, really helped me, uh, my artistic growth with all of that. And even though I do have like, a lot that I would love to rewrite about, like, the beginning of it, I, I kind of just have to stick with it. But... Uh, it's 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 a it was a journey <laughs> yeah i mean it certainly has been a journey so far because at this point we're at what chapter 39 chapter 40 correct me if i'm wrong yeah, yeah chapter 39 i'm still working on chapter 40 uh mm -hmm. but uh it's probably gonna come out like a like way later than i hope to because I, it's kind of funny like as i've been working on this comic all these years i uh I started out making the pages really simple because I wanted to do something I could like do fast and 
I remember with chapter two, there was like times I got like seven pages done in like one single day, like Goodness. completely rendered and everything. Because uh, it was a simple art style, and the backgrounds are mostly just like gradients and like some line art, like <laughs> real simple stuff. Mm -hmm. But in these later chapters, like <laughs> it, it's kind of shifted to where I'm putting like a ton of detail into it. Like the backgrounds are like beautiful, full of color, so detailed, all textured, and just. Uh, it's it's taking way too long for each page now, but I mean, I kind of like how it looks now more in the long run. So I think it's better like that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, like looking through it real quickly, I could definitely tell the improvement in both like the art style and like the details. The more you get into the <laughs> comic and such, and another thing that I just, I have to ask this just right off the bat, but like one of the most beautiful elements that I love about this comic is kind of the dichotomy that it has when it comes to the message that it's trying to tell, or at least how you're presenting it. Because at the beginning, <laughs> it just at the beginning it just seems like oh, this nice little quirky comic. Oh, these people they they're messing with time travel no they get stuck at the end of time what could what wacky adventures could they get into and then the more you progress into it you realize it's kind of more or less like a horror story talking about like the how, <laughs> yes, how, exactly. how, how, how history kind of like screwed itself and like what's going on are we where are we gonna die when are we gonna die oh my god like <laughs> i love that dichotomy more than anything else like it starts off really fun but like the more you progress you see the moments of like almost like hopelessness <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. It's only gonna get worse from here. Oh, and now you tell me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's the fascinating thing when it comes to time travel, because in like, it, just depending on like the context you think of it in, it can either be something that's like fun, goofy, silly, or absolutely horrifying, some kind of like psychological horror thing. And I, one of like one of the main things I wanted to do with uh, Molly originally was like just tackle every single time travel trope I could. Mm -hmm. uh, not exactly the case anymore because there's some parts, some things about time travel I don't just can't squeeze in the story now. But it kind of shifted from being like uh, time travel is just this fun little element that the character can play with to eventually actually probably shouldn't be messing with this because it's just going to keep like twisting their lives lives up until it's completely untangled untangleable. Yeah, it 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 gets to that point to where like if you pull out the the earbuds of the timeline or whatnot, there's no way to untangle them. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it wasn't something I even intended for from the beginning, because like like I said, originally I wanted this to be just like a episodic type thing. But just the more I thought about it, the more I worked with it, like it, it turned into like whatever it is now, and I actually really like it like that, because I feel like it kind of has that gradual shift, like a like Adventure Time or something, where it kind of turns yes. out from like like goofy to silly, uh, goofy silly to uh, uh, more serious, but still kind of has like that same like whimsical heart to it, you know. Yeah, like a, a, a subtle lightheartedness to it, considering who the characters are. Like, yes, they've changed, but at the core of it, they're still like the people that we met from the start. They just learn from the experiences they've gone, the, the more time they spend in this unique end of the world, end of time thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like I said before, when it came to the, the silent film thing, it's actually kind of it's smart it's, it's borderline genius thinking about like how you're not just telling this in like a lighthearted way you're actually like really thinking about the the legit implications of messing with time like that and messing with the, seeing all these different you know histories and futures and realities and everything yeah i think it's fun like that I, I, honestly i just think i'm just bad at writing comedy that's why i can never stick with it <laughs> like a single like funny concept i just start thinking of it too hard and it's like wait actually that's really good if i take it seriously so <laughs> I mean, if it works, it works. Am I right? <laughs> and I, I, I'm curious now because obviously, like I like I said a while ago, like there's you know 
39 chapters of this. There's hundreds of pages that you've done throughout this entire thing. Do you have a particular favorite chapter or favorite moment or favorite page you did see out of the series so far? Uh... I think I think my favorite in terms of like funniness is chapter twenty seven. It's this like little one off chapter where uh, they're drinking coffee and it was Molly's first time trying coffee and uh, <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> Molly's big thing is that they're obsessed with soda. Yep. They take soda very seriously and they think like the other two are taking coffee just as seriously. So they really don't want to like offend them or make them sad by saying I don't like coffee. So it's, they're really trying to just, like, like drink the coffee. Or pretending to enjoy it, and it just the pain is suffering. Feel like they're about to die because the coffee is just disgusting. But and then they then they learn the existence of coffee creamer, and all is good. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite in terms of like uh, actual plot would be uh, uh, chapter twenty five. And fr- from everyone I see it, I think it's that's our favorite chapter too, because it's this whole section where Molly becomes stuck in like a like a time loop mm-hmm. uh, at a mall, and it, entirely their own fault because. Uh, at the beginning of the story, Molly's like really uncaring and yeah. literally just doesn't have a capacity. Doesn't care, just likes to watch TV and drink soda. Like, doesn't really want to make friends because it just seems like a hassle. And they're perfectly content like that. But as they uh, work at the job at the end of time and become closer with like their friends, particularly Joe, uh, starts to realize like how like nice friendship actually is to have mm-hmm. uh, and what they've been missing out on their whole life in a sense because it, it's like a metaphor for depression in a way like yeah. sometimes when you're like so depressed you you enjoy just staying depressed because they don't want to think about like the growth you have to go through like looking back, your, back at your old self and stuff like during your bad times and like uh, during the whole like part like uh, at one point they go to the mall and uh they have a good time there. Like Joe, like slips up and calls uh, Molly uh, his bestie, and that's kind of when it hits Molly. Like, like, oh wait, I actually have like friends who care about me. That's crazy. Uh, and they want to relive that day one more time because they're they're afraid of the future. They're afraid of like what's gonna happen if like one day they all like fight and stop being friends or uh, something stupid like that. Because it, again, Molly only really knows TV growing up, so they <laughs> everything so like dramatized you know mm-hmm. everyone and everyone has that big like friendship falling out in tv shows you know yeah <laughs> so afraid of that it's like try to go back and relive that time one more uh, one more time but end up getting stuck in a infinite loop of that time and uh, crazy shenanigans about that like how they get out but the uh, whole like resolution of the chapter is that like uh friendship saves the day well, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah and if it wasn't for uh molly like just kind of opening up about these fears with Joe, just wanting to, like, actually, like, be friends and have that close relationship, then, like, none of them would have ever... They wouldn't have ever escaped, so... Right, right, exactly, yeah. That makes sense. That really makes sense, plus the the, the metaphor that you talk about right there is, like, again, it's really wonderful storytelling at the end of the day (laughs) really touching at the end of the day like it's incredible to hear like how much you've developed in this comic and how much you've really put into this comic to the point to where you want to be a little bit more serious about this comic i've been seeing little ramblings and little rumors here and there about a potential kickstarter would you like to elaborate on that oh yes (laughs) yeah i'm gonna be uh launching it on kickstarter i'm i'm aiming for around the end of april Mm -hmm. uh maybe may depending on uh, how long it's going to take me for me to finish this uh, uh, Kickstarter tra- trailer? Because that's really the one thing holding me back. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
animation takes a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, don't say. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna try. I'm gonna be releasing it uh, uh, physically, like the first 15 chapters in like one big thick book. Uh, I did release it physically once before, like a I think it's 2022, and it was like the first four chapters in a in a physical version and. It turned out good, but the only problem is like it was just way too pricey with the printing options I went with, right. uh, and just was not feasible like for long term for the rest of the chapter. So I decided to rework it, and uh, now it's like a much cheaper, much more condensed version. Uh, well, not really condensed. It's all it's all the pages in there, but it, it's a better deal in the long run. Well, good. I'm, I'm, it's awesome to hear, especially like with how much you've got invested in this series. Plus. You know, thinking about this is just the first 15. If the Kickstarter goes good, who knows? You know, we can get the following 15 and then subsequent versions or whatnot. Like, that's a really good, like, idea more at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the at the rate I'm going, I could possibly uh, I do a Kickstarter for volume two. Basically, any time now because I have all the pages done for that enough for a second volume of this, like, same length. That is true. I uh, just keep doing them, like, year after year after year until... Uh, the story ends. Uh, honestly, I've been thinking a lot about just the self-publishing route in general, because for the past almost a year, I guess, I've been trying to uh, pitch stuff to like graphic novel agents and or comic agents in general and publishers, uh, people taking submissions online, and I've gotten no luck with that whatsoever. So I think it's honestly better just to go with the self-publishing right especially with a story like molly I, it's not one i really want to be like published underneath some someone else's copyright or something right. i'd rather self-publish that one but i feel like it's such a hard story to describe in itself that it probably would not be appealing to publishers even if i tried with that i i mean you know if you have trouble really describing that just point them to this episode i think you described it very well and that's <laughs> <laughs> I'm helping you out in the future. There we go. No, um, exactly. <laughs> no, but that's, that, I mean, it's incredible to hear that you're really given a good physical print version of these incredible stories more, more or less. I'm definitely going to be keeping my eyes peeled for whenever the Kickstarter <laughs> comes out, because you know, I'm a pitching a little bit to help you out with that. Cause I definitely want to get like a good physical version of these incredible stories. Yeah. Like, uh, like alongside with that, I'm going to be uh, offering a lot of other little physical goodies too. Cause I'm going to really focus mm. this Kickstarter on the, uh, just physical stuff you can get because uh, well the web comics free online you know like digital stuff like it, it's right there it's right, right there like can't really offer anything with that <laughs> uh, but I'm uh, actually looking into uh, selling plushies as well uh, like a plush of Molly and I started I got the I got the process on that started and there's like a sample being made right now. Uh, so if that all turns out well, then I can do, do plushies for the Kickstarter too. Oh, that'd be awesome to have more than anything else. Like, ha see if you can give the the plushie like a little like a, a detachable like soda bottle for the hand or whatnot. <laughs> oh, that'd be so cute! Oh my god, it would be cute. It'd be adorable. Keep that in mind for for two point when you make that plushie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Molly changes appearances like so much in the yeah. uh, story. I <laughs> I mean, you're, I mean, you know, for you, I mean, it's like, you know, this is your first time telling like a story like this, especially long term or whatnot, like changes that are going to happen. Plus you can look at just about <laughs> most 
most long-term storytelling comic series or whatnot. And there's some changes. There's subtle changes with a lot of people. So <laughs> you're not the first one. <laughs> yeah, I, I could say it's thematic too. Because uh, originally, actually, I changed Molly's design because I didn't think Molly really looked like too sea slug-like. Mm. Uh, you probably can't tell like what Molly even is at a glance or like what species, it, uh, let alone. Uh, but then after that, I just kind of like just kept like uh, messing with their appearance of Sean. It, it kind of like fits thematically in like the progression of time type of sense, you know? The characters are changing over time. They're messing with their appearance over time, giving themselves different looks. And it, it, say it works like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, you saying it like that, it works perfectly. It works wonderfully for that situation. <laughs> and speaking of obviously changing over time, obviously there's been a lot of changes when it comes to Molly, but I imagine there's also a good bit of changes within your own life because obviously while you were working on this Molly stuff, it's not like that was the only thing you were working on. You've also had a hand with quite a few indie animation projects, which is oh, absolutely yeah, sure. outstanding. <laughs> Do you remember the first indie animated project that you had a hand in? Uh, the first one was uh, Ollie and Scoops, actually. Really? Okay, that was one of the ones I actually had written down. Like, that's incredible to hear. Yeah. <laughs> How was it? Yeah, uh, like, sorry, you go ahead. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, and, like, summer of, like, 2021, uh, you got, like, a, uh, like, a, casting call type of thing for animators mm -hmm. and I, I i was at a point where like i wasn't actually really confident in my work so i didn't think i would get it but i actually did and like i think i took it way too seriously like oh my god i'm so happy to again this is the best day of my life and like it, it still is a big deal but like <laughs> uh it, it was it's still a big deal i was like what am i talking about it's still a big deal yeah i, mean, uh, I imagine it's a big deal i mean you know considering fact uh i was gonna say like i had just recently talked to, to nico on the podcast you know as well <laughs> so i mean like it, it's cool especially knowing how cool the person nico is and especially how fun and unique of a project that ollie and scoops is that had to be cool oh, yeah. to just be able to like sort of play in that little playground for a little bit oh yeah it's fun i really hope they uh able to work on more episodes um sometime soon because i have a lot of fun animating the characters mm -hmm. uh i think i had a part in like three episodes Ooh. uh yeah. yeah i was like eight nine and ten i believe well there you go i was gonna say because i remember seeing on your demo reel one of the uh little animations that you did of the the basically Vern uh look alike or whatever i forget what his name is or whatnot just messing with the paddle ball which is which is a very fun scene <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i think that one took me a while because i like, trying to imagine like the ball in 3d coming at the camera in a way like that <laughs> i mean that yeah that's a honestly a smart way to honestly think about it more than anything else again <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's kind of you know 2d can only do so much but like if you're doing something that's supposed to be coming at the screen like it's a 3d you know like the classic 3d thing makes sense to, to visualize in 3d like that can you th you said you had a part in three different episodes or whatnot uh can you think of like your proudest moment that you got to animate with with all in scoops um i know in the last episode i got a lot of uh uh billy bob scenes uh the guy was like uh just talking about like a lot of his scenes he's a he's a fun character to draw <laughs> Certainly is a, a unique character more than anything else with all the different <laughs> adventures that they seem to go on. <laughs> and there was uh, one scene in, uh, I think it was, I can't remember if it was 9 or 10, but there was like really old dog. Uh, and I, I was really proud of animating that, that old dog because he had so many like, details, so many like poking out ribs, so exhausted, and like animating him all like shaky and stuff. I, I was happy with my scenes with him turned out. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, that's very valid. I mean, like I said, especially with a series like that, with the unique character designs that comes with that, I can imagine having just a load of fun with that one. I can also imagine as well, speaking of interesting character designs, having a chance to tinker with the Monkey Wrench universe as well must have been a really fun experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Monkey Wrench is so cool. Uh, it was like a series I like knew, know, had known about and like watched before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being a part of it is like, really awesome opportunity uh i didn't get to do i only got two shots to do um uh last episode because a bunch of life things happened so i, I couldn't do as much uh with it as i hoped to but i'm still really happy with the two shots i did too actually those designs are like very complicated and at first i wasn't even sure if i could like match the style but uh I don't find that really good. <laughs> I, I say, seeing the the shots he did have a hand in or whatnot, I think you did a good job in then some. I, I think you really showed how expressionable they could be more than anything else. <laughs> how yeah, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's such a good cartoon. I really hope that it gets more recognition. I I I hope so too. Like I feel like at this point, with how much uh, Zarel has really put into that series and all the fun and unique characters, such as Strike, which uh, you know another former guest, shout out to uh, Jacob Barons for voicing such a fantastic character. Um, <laughs> like it, it, it's such a fun series, and I really wish it gets like up to that upper echelon of like indie animated projects that everyone talks about. I hope so. Yeah. It definitely deserves it. <laughs> and, you know, speaking of, uh, once again, speaking of unique characters that you've had a hand to take with or whatnot, I think at least the most prominent one that I've seen you had a hand in when it comes to indie animated projects is the wonderful Lumi and the Great Big Galaxy. <laughs> which, oh, yeah, I love Lumi. Which, again, once again, shout out to former guest Startees, a.k.a. Evan, for providing such an incredible series in the first place. I, I can only imagine, knowing how Evan is, how fun it must be to work with Lumi, especially work with evan like i imagine the experience has to be fun oh yeah it was a lot of fun the character designs are so unique and interesting uh and the story itself is just so like it, it's got that steven universe vibe where it's like cute right. and also you could take it seriously at the same time i it's a lot of fun i i took on a lot of work for that because i was in a point in my life where i needed a lot of money and they were uh it was a perfect opportunity there, and I'm so glad I did, though, just because those characters are a lot of fun to draw, and I had a blast doing it the whole time. Uh, and I, I think they're, they're going to come out with a second Kickstarter sometime this year mm-hmm. to fund the rest of it. I, I cannot wait for that Kickstarter more than anything else. As a matter of fact, how good the Kickstarter was the first go-around, and especially with how, yeah. much they, how much they have developed since then. Oh, it's just it's it's going to be beautiful. I, I, I sincerely hope Evan's able to, to get that funding more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a big reason. Like I talked with them, it's a big reason why they're going to even do a second Kickstarter in the first place, because just the scope of the project just like kept expanding, and now it's like mm-hmm. going to be something really cool, but you need more money for it to actually make it that cool <laughs> especially, especially if you want to make sure that you you know pay your artists properly and compensate them for the incredible work that they do pay your artists people <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say like the biggest way that i've at least seen you be able to have a hand with the looming the great big galaxies these fun little like web comics that you've actually been able to produce for them more than anything else i i love the silly little antics How, like was that something that was kind of <laughs> spurned onto you or is that something that you more or less like came up and be like hey i have a fun little idea for a little web comic like how did you get placed with this responsibility for these fun little comics uh actually evan i uh, had like talked with me and some of my friends saying like uh hey i'm thinking about like uh doing some comics for lumi if any of you all have ideas uh hit me up about it and 
I actually wasn't sure for a while because uh, I, I had a hard time thinking of any ideas with the characters because uh, like I'm not the one writing them. Right. It's a whole different animal when you're trying to like come up with uh, ideas for someone else's character. But uh, I eventually thought of like a, like some uh, funny little four panel stuff. Uh, so I, I like doing those. And my friend actually, my friend uh, Trinket Fox did a whole like. Uh, 10 page long adventure type story with them. Right. I think that's on the uh, Lumi Twitter as well. Yeah, I remember I remember seeing I think I remember, yeah, I remember seeing that exact comic that you're talking about more than anything else. Like when they one that was like a scavenger hunt or something along the lines of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah. Also, I got to talk with Tricky Fox as well. I I they they followed me and I followed them back more than anything else. They were really oh, good yeah. artists as well. You gotta. Their, their webcomic is so cute. I love Rocket Chip. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. I was trying to remember ways that I remember from the other than just that comic or whatnot. But I was also gonna say, like, at least when it comes to you, the webcomics that you came up with, I I gotta be honest with you. My personal favorite one was, I think it was the first one you came out with. Of basically Lumen just trying to like, sh- or yeah, Lumen just trying to stretch and then pop and then just basically becoming a glow stick. <laughs> <laughs> that was so. Uh, th- uh, sorry, what? <laughs> They're just full of glow stick juice. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like, I thought that was just a fun little, like, concept more than anything else. <laughs> uh, I, I, I imagine you you have a personal favorite one as well, or is, did I just list your favorite one? <laughs> I mean, also, I think that was my favorite. Too. There you go. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so simple, but it's so brilliant, especially with how it was executed. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it kind of, it kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier with kind of the the was it the silent movie mentality or whatnot because I don't think Lumi even said anything like the most has happened is like you see Lumi stretching and then you just see the crack from them popping their back and then they're just glowing. <laughs> some some things don't need words. <laughs> exactly, exactly. However, I think for this next thing that I will talk about, words might be needed, especially for the premise in. Uh, the purpose that we're going to be talking about more than anything else. But I think the thing that I've personally known you best for at this point is for something that I think would be very appropriate for today's episode that is releasing on Indie Animation Day. You yourself are trying to release your own indie animated project with Parvi, the interdimensional singer. <laughs> uh, yep, Parvi. Yes, uh, I, I, I am so genuinely curious on how this concept even came to you in the first place. Actually, it's funny because, uh, like, with Parvi, uh, well, uh, with music, like, I love to make music, uh, okay. and I've been doing it for a long time. And specifically, this one site called Online Sequencer, uh, really good music program. And I like to make songs, and the songs that have lyrics. But the problem is, like, I cannot sing for the life of me, mm. and I don't know. I I don't think I've ever hired anyone to sing for me, and that's that's like so nerve wracking. Uh, uh, so like. I used to like make songs and then like kind of post like lyric videos to them, even though there's like no real lyrics being sung, and they never did well because I don't think people could follow along. <laughs> but they gave me the idea of like, uh, like someone who wants to sing but like physically can't or like they only have like words to work with like that, and that ended up just spawning in a parvy. <laughs> I mean that that that's honestly like a really. First off, I did not realize the whole entire music aspect of you. I feel like I am horrible with my research for not even realizing that. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I mean, I don't post too much about it online, online because, <clears throat> uh, especially with Twitter, you have to have like a video with it. You can't just post audio alone. Right. Uh, so I, I rarely ever post my music unless I actually do have like a full fledged video with it, which is 
very rarely. <laughs> I mean, that's valid. But I mean, even then, like, it's it's cool to know that like this honestly comes from like a genuine place, not just like a silly little concept that you just came up with more than anything else. <laughs> so, so for those that again are curious and may have never heard of Parvi before, which I mean, where have you guys been? This is a cool little concept. How would you describe Parvi, the interdimensional singer? <laughs> I think Parvi is easier to explain than Molly is. I mean, yeah, uh, it's a little bit more simple too. But regardless, <laughs> yeah, Parvi. It's about a uh, little sea bunny uh, who wants to become a singer, but the problem is she's from like a different dimension, like some kind of comic type dimension. Uh, it's a lot that I don't know how to explain into words, <laughs> but she's from a, this other dimension and it gets warped here to. Uh, the normal world, animation world, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, but see, she she is the only one who could speak out of like little speech bubbles. She can't speak like physical audio audio words, you know. Mm-hmm. Only speaks with speech bubbles, and it kind of like throws a wrench into her plan of wanting to become a big singer. She's still trying anyway. Uh, and I think it's more of a story about like accepting failure, but in a good way, you know, because you don't have to have like big major success to be happy in life, you know. Right. And that's really the main message I want to show with that. I mean, if nothing else, like, this story seems like a good one to talk about. Like, don't let your limitations limit you. Like, still try to strive for what you want to succeed in. <laughs> Especially, you know, whenever you're trying to be a singer, but for one reason or another, you can't sing. I, I don't know if you realize, I, I, you know, it, it's kind of hard for people to really realize that's, you know, I, you know, music, there is instrumental stuff, but it's really hard to really get a message across for a singer if they can't sing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it kind of works as like a disability metaphor in a sense. Yeah. It's like there are some things you just literally can't do. And I mean, in my in my, in my case, like I think uh, just like finances and stuff has like limited me in a lot of senses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really just sometimes there's just things you just cannot do within your circumstances. And learning to still like be happy and finding a way forward in life despite that is like a really important message uh, uh, I want to see out in the world because it's, it's not going to be a story about Parvi like one day oh she wakes up she can actually speak again now she can sing like she always wanted to that, that's not what's going to happen right. so <laughs> she's always going to have her little speech bubble thing and it's just her uh, figuring out how to uh, deal with that and still live a good happy life yeah I was going to say this isn't the 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 young adult teen movie to where the the youth overcomes their disability because that's not how it works in life. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> got got real tired of seeing those. <laughs> yeah, I, you're not the only one. I I think like the best part about like just even seeing the concept or whatnot is I like it's it seems so simple, but it's a beautiful little like concept to even like consider. I especially love like whenever I see Parvi speak, it's actually like legitimately speech bubbles, not just like subtitles <laughs> and something like that. Like that is, that is really genius. And that's really cool. Like, was that always like something you kind of considered when trying to form this idea together? Yeah, that's what I had in mind from the beginning, but like actually the execution, I, I was, it was a bit hard. Cause uh, you know, whenever you're drawing stuff regarding like storyboards, you think with like animation in mind, but with Parvi, you have to think with both animation and comics in mind. You have to have like when, when I'm drawing comics, you, you have to leave room for the speech bubbles, of course, and you don't need to do that in animation because you know most time characters aren't speaking with speech bubbles. But with Parvi, you have to like make sure you have the room for like whatever she's going to be saying 
up there and it's big enough that people can read and <clears throat> with uh, the other character in their macadamia like she always has to she can't be looking parvy in the eyes when she's speaking she has to be looking up looking up at her at her words right. and that's something that's like i can't have to remind myself to do because it's not something you you usually do in animation you know people are making eye contact but no not in this case <laughs> it, it, it's it's a unique challenge more than anything else like because like you said yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> like trying to mend these different mediums more than anything else and really trying to you know come with this little uh of like wonderful execution of it more than anything else <laughs> i also gotta say <laughs> i'm genuinely curious of macadamia's motivations because i'm sorry like i love Macad like macadamia is immediately like one of my favorite characters as well of the two that you've introduced <laughs> but but like regardless like i love macadamia's like enthusiasm and like wanting to help parvy what is their motivation because again, they're trying to help a singer who can't sing in this dimension. <laughs> she, she's just really, really passionate and doesn't want to see her fail or be sad okay. or anything like that. Like, uh, 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 whenever Parvy first like came to this whatever world, uh, and tried like going to agents for help regarding her career, like. No one took her seriously, and that made Macadamia very sad. So she decided to step up and try to let Parvy live her dreams. Uh, and I had an idea for her with that about like she uh, also failed to become a singer herself, and that's why she just turned to becoming an agent instead. Uh, and that's one of her motivations. But it's probably something I'm not going to get to unless I'm able to make like an episode like two or three or whatever and it's so far in the future that i don't know <laughs> with the uh pilot itself i kind of have it written to where the pilot can be its own like standalone short film if it comes to that it's mm -hmm. like its own little contained thing not like a continuous type of cliffhanger story right now because i don't know where it's going to lead you know regarding like finances and animation how feasible it'll be yep so yeah <laughs> Honestly, that's very understandable, but I mean, you know, given the limitations you have and the limitations Parvy has, and whatnot, it kind of, you know, I can see how this story could be very near and dear for you. And obviously, <laughs> in the words of the wonderful Parvy, I had to get that joke in there somehow. Anyway, <laughs> but regardless, like I, you know, like I said, whenever I first was like looking into yourself, seeing that little concept and like, especially seeing more of it develop or whatnot, I was instantly like hooked, line and sinker for it because like, it seems like so fun of a concept and I'm, I'm excited to see like the execution of it more than anything else. I mean, you said yourself, you, you had the episode, at least the first episode to where it could be a self-contained thing, but what is honestly like your hope for this show? If you get to develop it more. Uh, I'm really hoping I can in the future because I want to delve into like what happened to bring Parvi to this world and, and like uh, stuff about her own world and her childhood and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I wrote out some interesting things for that, but again, it's probably something I'm not gonna be able to get to for the foreseeable future. So it's just gonna be be like in the spoilers folder for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and same with just seeing like how her uh, career progresses as well, like showing what kind of. Uh, challenges she's get she gets faced with and what kind of people she meets in this world i mean that's that really is i mean if nothing else we could i would say you could make this into a web comic but it also kind of defeats the purpose of it <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that's the problem here it's, it's a, something that really exclusively only works in animation and that's why it's a little frustrating because with every other idea i've had like i uh i've thought about making comics instead like this uh past year i really tried delving into the comic scene okay. uh a lot more uh, I feel honestly a bit more passionate with comics now than I do with animation. Uh, 
Uh, you, you get much more done by yourself in a short time when it comes to comics compared to animation. Uh, and it feels a little more gratifying in that sense. But, you know, there's less of a, com- a community for comics, which is a little sad, but at least web comics, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little sad, but I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but with Parvi, yeah, it really only works within animation. So I kind of just have to stick with it if I want to. Uh, fulfill this concept to its fullest i mean i sincerely hope you're able to to provide this animation to its fullest because like i said like just uh, again the idea alone is one that people if they have not heard about it really need to like jump on let's go let you cough um no for those that may not have already like heard about this before like this is seriously like a a concept that they really need to like hop on board for because like it's it's I, I could go on just gushing about like again like the the concept of like mending these two mediums i mean the characters alone like the little interactions i've seen i want to root for them immediately <laughs> you've done a great job really giving like hope like making us want to root for these characters right off the bat like it, it, I, and like it, especially like more than anything else I, I i i've never said this before obviously when it came to the rest of your stuff but like the art style that you're providing for this as well as molly when i absolutely love it i don't know how you would describe your art style or how you even developed that art style but i absolutely love it <laughs> oh thanks it was a uh, like based off like uh upa style animation in a okay. sense like but like uh also like those early 2000s cartoons like my life as a teenage robot like the super angular yes sharp things like i think it's like a really fascinating art style but like it's kind of with me i feel like it's kind of evolved in a sense where it's like that but in a more 3d sense because when i'm animating these characters i do have to think of them in other angles so the whole stylization doesn't quite work sometimes uh and with with, uh molly specifically if you look at like the newer chapters i posted they're like they still have that style that sharp style to them Mm -hmm. but there's it's just something different about it you know (laughs) I mean, it's very, it's very appealing and very eye-catching more than anything else. And I mean, like you were talking about, you know, the different kinds of communities when it comes to web comics versus animation. I can only imagine ever since you've really announced Parvi and really brought it out, like the indie animation community has really got to be like rooting for you at this point. I feel like they should be. They, if they're not, they should be. I'm hoping so. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of funny. Like with Molly, I've been working on that comic for, uh, I think, almost three years now. And it has almost a thousand pages, uh, but with the little amount that I've shown up part, I've already gotten like about just as much hype with that. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 can you say? And the the indie animation community in general is really surprising more than anything else. I think I exactly, mean, for, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for goodness sakes, again, I'm releasing this on Indie Animation Day. If that's not the fact that there is a dedicated Indie Animation Day four times a year, is not a testament to how insane this community is. I don't know what is. <laughs> exactly yeah, gotta make more for comics too one day <laughs> oh yeah no absolutely like especially with some of the amazing web comics that both i have talked with like incredible people on here like super d or uh, amanda heard with sebastian and such like there are so many incredible web comics that don't get enough love as it is and i think mm-hmm. I- i'm right there with you in saying that it definitely needs a lot more i mean again i could literally run through all the people like you know i said super d uh, amanda heard uh kiva dog lover 45 i mean even tipsy herself the person that helps me out with the podcast she has an incredible web web comic that she's been developing for years as well so yeah 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 like i love indie animation too though uh i wish really wish it was more uh financially sustainable like like that's the one thing holding me back from parvy right now is like i need to uh 
get, get my finances in order before I like sit down and focus on something like that because it's kind of like a known fact that indie animation doesn't require uh well doesn't like give back um a lot of money mm-hmm. unless you're like mega mega famous. Yep. But, uh, but the part of it that like <laughs> uh uh what was I gonna say with that? Oh yeah, yeah. But the part of it, I really want it to be um like kind of a homemade type of thing. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to I don't know if I'm going to do a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo for it in the future. It just it depends uh, cuz it's honestly something I'd love to just animate myself as well even if it takes like a long time. Uh but like <laughs> part of my motivation for that is like well firstly I wanted I wanted to be the first uh uh I wanted it to be the first uh, indie cartoon pilot made entirely in a fire alpaca, but then uh, Atlas and the Stars beat me to that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but uh, I actually like draw an anime entirely with my mouse, so I could oh, be the wow. first mouse draw one. Goodness. Yeah. Wait, I just realized that because I think Roya may have mentioned that to me, but looking at your art style, I realized you do all of that with your mouse. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I my find God. it more. I find it more like uh, better for my wrist in the long run because as a, as a kid, like uh, I didn't have a tablet or the money for one. Okay. So I kind of grew up uh, learning how to draw with my mouse since I was like twelve or thirteen, and it kind of stuck with me ever since. And even when I went to college, where we had like uh, actual tablets um, offered to us and everything, uh, I, I still prefer to do it with my mouse. Uh, it was it's just more more natural to me in that way because uh, I can draw with a talent but I think the way I hold my pencil is just really weird it makes my hands cramp up because uh, I hold my pencil in a really weird way right right uh, right I'm, I'm, so it's, sorry go on <laughs> uh, it's fine it's uh, easier for me in the long run to use my mouse and I'm stubborn about it. I'm going to keep using it until I've worked <laughs> off of it. <laughs> I mean, regardless, like, I think about, like, the, the, the shitty drawings that I do with, like, you know, like, Gartic Phone and such. I'm thinking, t- like, for you, it's just, like, nothing to draw these incredibly amazing, like, fluid sequences and such. Like, goodness. Like, I I, I applaud you more than anything else. I commend you for, for mastering that art. <laughs> <laughs> goodness i mean that just if whatever appreciation i had for you beforehand there's a new level of appreciation right there i mean goodness <laughs> i wow i mean like so, i mean regardless like especially with all the stuff that we talked about with all the different stuff you've had a hand in like it's incredible what you've been able to develop for yourself so far i mean does it like thinking back obviously it's like when you first started off like making art you know first being involved with art really getting to college and you know realizing the field you want to go into thinking about where you are now your journey as a whole when it comes to being an artist does it amaze you how far you've been able to come along yeah i'm pretty amazed by it, honestly that's all the stuff i've been able to do in this time because uh it hasn't been easy <laughs> no it's, it's not been easy <laughs> uh, yeah uh I, I'm, I'm glad that like after all this time though like I, i'm kind of stuck with uh my well the one thing i've always said is like you don't need money to make uh cool things uh, and with like all of my stuff i use like free to use programs my mouse you know like two dollar mouse at walmart or something uh <laughs> and free to use programs use like viral pack I, I use windows movie maker actually to compile animations uh wow <laughs> it's okay. easy that way you just set everything to like like 0.08 seconds and it moves at like 12 frames a second there, there you go <laughs> you know what fair fair valid 
And like uh, DaVinci for editing and then online sequencer for uh, music. And they're all like completely free programs. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm trying to stick to that like as much as I possibly can because I'm stubborn and I want to prove the point. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Valid. Understandable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, regardless, it's incredible like what you've been able to develop and like the mentality you kind of had throughout this art journey. But if I may for this next question – let me let me break that mentality for just a quick second and give you more or less the dream scenario, Peyton. Let's say I come to you. Let's say I am Big Shot Mr. Moneybags. I come to you and I'm like, look, Peyton, we see what you've been able to develop kind of more or less on your own. And we think there's potential for a lot more there. You just need an extra little, little push, a little extra platform to really get you there. We have access to everyone and everyone in whatever industry possible, and more money than should be possible. We really should be compensating those animators because the fact that they're definitely going to be going on strike later this year. I want to prevent that from happening, but we'll focus on them in a little bit. Right now, we are focusing on you and you alone. If given this opportunity, what would be the dream Peyton Partyhorn project? Uh, honestly, I would really love to uh, ad- adapt Molly into animation. Because uh, as it is right now, like a probably make like if it were animated and everything would be like an one episode for example like you know that that's like at least two seasons worth of content right there that, yeah true. Uh, it, it'd be impossible to and honestly it's something i don't want to start until like i finish the comic which again won't be for like years from now mm-hmm. uh because i know the second i start trying to think of something animated with it i'm not going to want to work on it as a comic anymore uh because animation is so much more appealing but uh, I hope to one day. I don't know, after the comic ends and once I become more experienced and hopefully when I have like uh, more finances, uh, more stable with that, then it's something I'd really love to do. Well, I mean, that'd be really cool to, to see regardless, especially seeing how how much you've been able to do with like the webcomic aspect, just seeing it go from the silly little webcomic to seeing all these both goofy and also horrifying effects and such be animated oh that's that's just gonna be a a whirlwind of a series that people definitely need to latch on to more than anything else. <laughs> yeah i hope so and also even doing an animated adaptation would give me uh uh the chance to like uh revise it in a sense there you, you know? go <laughs> maybe you. make it a bit more like uh tonally consistent throughout <laughs> well, there you go there you go it's not a bad idea it's not a bad concept but Sadly, we gotta get down from the dream scenario. We gotta get back to reality, and I'll ask the ever so generic question: Where do you hope to see yourself in say five to ten years from now? Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, still making the comic. Okay. As uh, I, I'm actually not sure how long it'll take for me to finish it. I'm I'm estimating about like four or five more years. Okay. Uh. And hopefully by that point, I will understand enough about comic making and storytelling to make something even better or even like remake the story from scratch if I want to. I don't know. <laughs> this is the one project I've been like stupidly passionate about for years. And like it, that, that fire is not bur- burning out anytime soon. Okay. <laughs> and I hope, uh, uh, I hope indie animation as a whole becomes much more of a sustainable thing. Because uh, I would love to keep doing that, with, like, being on other people's projects and even like working on my own, uh, being able to focus on that while still like making a living off it—that that's a dream right there. <laughs> I mean, that's a good that's a good dream to strive for, especially with nowadays how 
there seems to be more of a spotlight on indie animation. Hopefully that will lead to more people wanting to invest more in indie animation. But mm-hmm. at this point, it's more or less a hope. But regardless, like I sincerely can envision at least like the, yo, I, I can see ah, words. Words are wonderful. Come back to me. <laughs> I can sincerely see you having a major part in it one way or another, whether it be with just the webcomic or whether helping out other people with their stuff. Like I, I can see you definitely having a good hand in it. You know, five, mm-hmm. ten years from now. Yeah, I'm hoping. Uh, <coughs> hoping if I get the chance to work on uh, animation more, uh, like me and my friends, we were actually talking about before, like uh, not seriously forming a studio, but just forming like a little, uh, like band of us together to work on projects. Uh, okay. My friend, my friend Trinket will actually do the uh, colors for Parvi once I get the chance to start working on that again. Oh, there you go. And my sister uh, Sketchy Raven will be doing backgrounds. Uh, and several other people too, like including voice actors and all that stuff. That I'm gonna have a part of it. Uh, it would just be the dream, just to be like uh, keep working together with like all these great people and being able to make cool things. That is, that is certainly a good dream to to strive for more than anything else. Um, as we start to wind down the interview, Peyton, I just have one last question I want to ask you. Obviously, you've been deeply entrenched in art for for ages, for years at this point. How important is art, not just for you, but for the world as a whole? I think it is very important. Uh, I know for, for me personally, like it's the one thing keep me going. Because if uh, I, no matter what happens, you can always think of like a little guy in your head and have stories to tell with that. And I mean, storytelling has been a thing with humankind as a whole for well. Ever since like the dawn of time, I'm, you know that's another thing I'm like really interested in is a uh, human evolution. Don't don't get me started on that because I could talk about that and how how wild it all is. But uh, you know, storytelling has like been like one of the staples of humankind for as like long anyone can remember, uh, and it's just as important as like everything else. I, I, art is just art is important. Art is important. <laughs> I think that is wonderfully worded, if I do say so myself. And to be fair, you, you were saying don't get you started on human evolution. I mean, I've seen how some of the stories when it comes to Molly's future mishaps kind of, you know, go off or whatnot. I can only imagine how invested you may be in human evolution in one way or another. So, but, but wonderfully worded, if I do say so myself. Peyton, that is all the questions that I have for you. I've already showered you with a whole bunch of praise, but I'm going to show you a little bit more because it's my podcast. I do whatever I want. Um <laughs> Look, I like I said from the start, ever since I first noticed you whenever I saw you interacting with me in one way or another, like I have just been absolutely amazed with what you've been able to produce. Um seeing the like Parvi was the thing that honestly like hooked me onto your stuff and seeing how that's been able to develop and like some of the cool concepts that are going behind or whatnot, like it makes me excited especially with like this little fun unique taste when it comes to indie animation really showcasing like how you can push the limits to what indie animation could bring to the table like what it could involve what sort of storytelling mediums can be involved in order to really tell a good story in indie animation it makes me excited for that getting the chance to really deep dive into yourself seeing like just how invested you've been with molly's future mishaps and some of the fun uh antics or whether the the serious stories or like the cool designs like what you've been able to put in that webcomic has been really exciting and it makes me excited to see what's gonna be coming next with that webcomic because especially if you're what you're saying is true like another four or five years of this incredible stuff i cannot complain whatsoever 
like really throughout this conversation really get to talk to you and hear how much this really does mean to you and and really seeing how you've been able to to tell incredible stories really put a lot of thought and care into what you're telling like it makes me truly one of the bigger fans that to for the for you and your stuff it makes me really excited to see what you're gonna be pushing out there next and whatever you're gonna be doing i'm gonna be like macadamia is with you know uh parvi when it comes to you and your stuff i'm gonna be one of the <laughs> biggest fans rooting for you every single step of the way of what you got going on thank you for what uh, you do thanks. thank you for what you do peyton please keep up the incredible work and just thank you for putting yourself out there and putting out such incredible stories uh thanks that means a lot like uh that's one of the mo like main motivators like keeping me going is just seeing uh uh the, the reactions of things that I, I made like uh with molly like little story beats that people really like like that, that's the thing keeping me going or i see people uh just happy to see my work i'm glad about that because whenever i was a kid like that was my my main thing i'd get like really fixated on certain media be obsessed with that read way too deep into it uh the most obscure things in the world <laughs> and no one really care about it aside from me and I, I like I like putting that kind of feeling in other people. Like I like when they can look at my work and care very deeply about it. I want to make like the kind of things that like I would also have been like obsessed with as a kid, you know. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, now you know that you got someone that's gonna be obsessed with that stuff as well. And trust me, growing up, I t I totally get that. I feel like I was one of the few people that enjoyed shows like Class of Three Thousand growing up. All right, like I I I get that vibe of being like hyper fixated on like a certain thing, and like it seems like no one else even knows what you're talking about. So the, the fact that you get that reaction this these days, knowing that there is actually an audience out there for that stuff, it, again, I can only imagine how gratifying and satisfying in this be to be able to actually you know see your stuff be appreciated yeah i'm, I'm always going to be glad for that <laughs> well there you go well if you want more people to have eyes on your product and figure out why they should show a little find their new hyperfixation and really jump on board for it go ahead and plug your stuff for the people at home uh well and uh twitter i'm uh peyton party horn uh, no spaces nothing uh on Tumblr, I'm uh, Party Horn, just Party Horn. Uh, a cool, fancy URL. Uh, I'm really just known as Pain and Party Horn, like everywhere. Uh, and I'm going to have uh, the Molly Kickstarter coming out. Uh, I think by the time this episode comes up, the pre launch page will be out. Uh, there you go. But it's gonna launch in April, so keep an eye on that. <laughs> if nothing else, when it definitely launches, you better believe I'm gonna be promoting this stuff on this podcast. Help make sure you get those eyes on that on that Kickstarter. So awesome! Yeah, hey, more than happy to help. If you missed any links, I I got you covered. I'll put them in the description below to make sure that people can truly show you that love and support. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you have any final words before we sign off? Uh, go to Google and Google uh, Chromodorus Quadricolor and look at the sea slug photos. There you go. Like, what a advice. Hey, it, I think that would make someone's day at the end of the day. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, with that, all I have left to say is for the people at home... Oh, wait, sorry. <clears throat> sorry, I was speaking to Parvy for a second there. <laughs> Pay your artists. <laughs>
Thank you so much for sticking around to the end. If this is your first time listening, I greatly do appreciate it. Like I said in the intro, Peyton was someone that was more or less recommended to me, but it was also hard not to ignore the cool stuff that he was doing. Uh, Peyton, if you've gotten up to this point, uh, thank you sincerely for taking the time to do this. Um, it was a fantastic chat, and I was so glad to really dive into kind of the, the interesting worlds that you want to bring forth in one way or another. Um, I think that's... I, I know I probably harped on it before, but especially when it comes to Indie Animation Day, like that's the biggest thing for me. The fact that people, incredible people, intelligent people, creative people, get to really take the opportunity to take a step forward and try to make those creative endeavors really solid, like really putting forth some incredible stuff. I mean, obviously, I'm fully immersed in that world in my own sense, being a, a writer for at least one with the evil little thing. It just, it leaves me excited more than anything else to see what people are more than happy to produce. I mean, trust me, especially on a day like, you know, in the animation day, it's hard for me not to ignore some of the incredible stuff people got going out. I mean, I could go on a tear, but I've also talked to so many people to where you can literally go back to the back catalog and see all the indie animation projects I've been able to highlight on this podcast in one way or another. And believe me, there are so many more that I want to highlight if I can get the opportunity to. Um, hey by Toonrific Tariq, that's a big one. Oh, I'd love the opportunity to, to talk to, to Tariq about that. Or uh, Hearts of Titans. That's another incredible one. Dungeon Flippers. Oh, that's a... Oh, if you guys have not had an opportunity to check out that one, it is a cool, fun little concept alone that I think you guys are going to absolutely love. I mean, I could go on for ages talking about just incredible indie animated projects. But at the end of the day, I think what it all boils down to is that there is a lot of incredible people trying to do incredible things. And I think it would honestly mean the world to each and every single one of them if you took just a little bit of time to go out and support them, one of the things I've noticed lately is, I'm sure you guys may have noticed as well, is that Sabrespark has been taking some opportunity to actually highlight some of the people in the animation. And I think that's incredible, more than anything else. The fact that someone of that platform is able to give a little time to promote some incredible people. That's something I'm trying to do with this platform, though I know that there's only so far my reach goes. But that doesn't discourage me. That's why I want to keep bringing on incredible people like Peyton. You know, creating incredible concepts and doing incredible things. So if you do have an indie animation project, leave a comment. Like, put it, put it in a comment and let me know about your project. I want to hear more about what you guys got. There's only so much I can keep an eye on. Like, I want to see more. I want to know about more. I want to bring on more incredible people. And if you see an indie animation project that you absolutely cannot get enough of, do everything that you can to share that love, to show some support. You know, if they have a shop, buy something from there. If they have a Patreon, subscribe to their Patreon. If all you can do is just simply give them a shout out one way or another, retweeting what they're trying to do, trying to spread the word, that's more than enough for any of these creators. Go out there today and every single day and support incredible art. <laughs>